0: So tonight, uh, we're going to begin our podcast, uh, first of all, with prayer. God, we thank you and praise you for all things. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love and kindness. Thank you for another time where we can share within our podcast. And so tonight, we're going to look at um, the significance of life. And really what causes life to have significance. And so um, I coined a phrase, the greater the problem, the greater the significance. Meaning that all of us are called in life to have a significant impact in the lives of people. Meaning that God put us in our world for a reason. Uh, We are a -a one-of-a-kind design, each and every one of us. We are a designer's original uh, and anything that's a one of a kind is priceless. All of us that are walking on the face of the earth, we're all priceless. And so we're called to solve problems. Uh, what amazes me more than anything else is that I'm called to solve problems. But what keeps me moving forward is the fact that there is going to come a day that there will be no problems to solve. And so that's, that's what, uh, just, just boggles the mind. We live, in a, we live in an imperfect world. We live in a world full of problems and issues, and we have the answer. You have the answer. I have the answers to the problems within our sphere of influence, and so if we just really allow God to use us, uh, we can really um, impact our world in a wonderful way and solve the issues and problems of our world. And so the problem is that most believers don't know that they are called to be problem solvers. Most of us run from our issues. We run from the situations we find ourselves in. We run from the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Instead of running to it, we run from it. And uh, the reason why we run from it is most of us don't like confrontation. Most of us don't like rejection. We don't like the fact Of going through certain things in life that we feel are unnecessary, even though we go through it anyway. And so instead of running to the issue, we generally run from it. And so uh, I am learning more and more, the older I get, that I cannot run from my problem. I must run to it. Uh, Simply because you run from it, it, it still doesn't change it, it will still be there. And so you end up making a complete circle in your life. And you run from the problem, make a complete circle and run back into the same problem again, simply because the problem hasn't gone anywhere, because you find out the problem is still with you. And so you took the problem with you. And so it is necessary for us to be problem solvers and to solve the issues that are in our sphere of influence, because God has given us the anointing and the ability to solve the issues and the problems within our sphere of influence. We're going to talk about a key figure in the Bible. His name was David. David was a boy uh, between the ages of 14 to 17 years old. Uh, He was the eighth son of Jesse uh, in the Bible, had seven older brothers. Uh, David was an outcast. David was really not loved or liked. Uh, They threw a party and didn't even invite David. And so the family just, you know, had him out there. He was tending his father's sheep. Um, History says that potentially David uh, was, you know, uh, a a son uh, of a wife that the father did not like. But, you know, a man had a son. And so when you had sons, sons were significant. In biblical days, sons were very significant. So David uh, was called to just be a sheep herder, to live out with the sheep. And so uh, Jesse's three oldest son had joined Saul's army. They had served. They were serving in the military forces of the day. And um, Jesse called his son, David, who was out doing his job, tending his sheep and told him, look, I want you to go and check on your three brothers. I want you to check on their well-being and I want you to take them some lunch. And so David went down to the battlefield. He was a spectator, at least. He was a pizza delivery boy at best. Uh, That's really all he was. And so when he got down there, he saw the army and the king all terrified. Generally, all the armies carried all of the goods, the wealth, and uh, everything with them simply because it had to be put under protection. And so, you know, uh, they were terrified because the Philistine champion Goliath, for the last 40 days, had been coming out into the valley and offering up every insult that he possibly could to get somebody to come down and fight with him. And basically, what he said was this He said, Look, there's no need. Here's what Goliath said there is no need for all of us to die. All we got to do. I'm the champion of the Philistines. Send me down a champion of Saul or the champion of Israel. We'll fight together. Whoever wins, then that group of people will be the other group of people slave. Now, you must understand something. Goliath was a massive individual. He was 9 feet in a span, meaning he was almost 10 feet tall. He had on about 200 pounds worth of armor. The His spearhead weighed between 15 and 18 pounds. That's what he threw at you. And so this dude was massive, but he had been trained to be a warrior since he was a boy. He was unbeatable. And so Israel had nobody that large. Well, Saul... Saul, the Bible says, was head and shoulders over every man in Israel. So um, he had to be uh, close to seven feet tall himself. So he was a big guy. He was a big man, but he was scared. He was terrified. He was the king. Everybody was terrified. And so David heard Goliath talking crazy. I mean, he was talking crazy. And so you got to look at the significance of this. Goliath was the biggest problem that faced the government. He was the biggest threat to the entire nation of Israel. Why? Because he said whoever won the fight, that other nation had to be the slave of the the champion who won. So it was serious business. I mean, Goliath was the biggest threat. Goliath would be to us what COVID-19, Goliath to Israel is COVID-19 is to us, meaning it was serious. It was a very serious thing happening and a very serious thing going on. And David hears him talking crazy and David inserts himself into the problem. David like What? What is he saying? Who is he talking to? Now, David is taking the threats of Goliath personally, but David is not in military service. He's not in the army. So Goliath really wasn't talking to David, but David took it personally. David really didn't have a dog in this fight, but David put his dog in the fight. And he told the king, look here, I got the solution to the problem. I'm going to go down and I'm going to kill this fool for all of us. And everybody looked at David like he was absolutely crazy. The armor that Goliath wore was heavier than David. (laughs) So (laughs) David had as much chance to win a fight with Goliath as a snowball in hell. He had no shot. I mean, it wasn't even an inkling. I mean, it was not, a, He never in a trillion years, if he lived to be a trillion years old, he could not beat Goliath in a hand-to-hand fight. But David inserted himself in this tremendous problem. And he also found out, hey, I get to marry the king's daughter and my family gets to be tax-free. So he was like, hey, hey, yeah, hey, that's a good reward. I'm going to go down and kill this fool because, hey, it'll be, hey, I get to marry the king's daughter, get to be tax-free, and did not know that Goliath would bring his name into prominence. And so David goes to the king, tells the king, king, don't worry about it, quit shaking, quit being terrified. I'm going to go kill the Goliath. Now, the king looks at David, and the first thing he probably does is chuckle and says, boy, you out your mind. You are outgunned, outmanned, outclassed, outweighed. He's been a warrior since his youth. You have no shot whatsoever. How are you going to get this done? And so David tells him, hey, look, a bear came, took one of my father's sheep, had it in his teeth. I caught the bear by the hair and took the sheep out of his mouth and broke his neck. A lion came and a lion came and took one of my father's lambs. I took the lamb out of the lion's mouth, turned and broke his neck. Now you must understand something. A lion weighs somewhere between five to six hundred pounds, all teeth and claws. A lion, a male lion, is a is the one of the most formidable uh, animals in the animal kingdom. Actually, is called the king of beasts. A bear, when he a grizzly bear, when he stands up on his hind legs, is somewhere about ten to eleven feet tall and weighs upwards of almost a thousand pounds. And David looked and said, "Look." This dude is smaller than the bear and is not as ferocious as a lion. And God delivered me from the paw of the bear and from the paw of the lion. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And so David, King was like, okay, man. King said, hey, put on my armor. Take my sword. David was like, this stuff is too heavy because David was a kid. He couldn't carry that stuff. He said, it's too heavy. I got what I need. David had a sling, went down by the river, picked up five smooth stones, came back to the battleground, walked down the side of the mountain. Everybody thought that he would never do it. He walked down the side of the mountain. Now, Goliath is looking at this kid saying, are you insane? Am I a dog? You sent a boy out here to fight me? Okay, son, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick you up with one hand, choke you to death with one hand, and then throw you up in the air. And let the when you hit the ground, you're going to be dead, and the birds going to eat your carcass. And David said, Today, homeboy, I'm going to feed your body to the fowl of the air and the beast of the field. Today, you're going to die. Today, you are the problem and problem, you're going to die. Now, Goliath also had a shield bearer with him. David took a stone out of his bag, put it in a sling, swung the sling, hit Goliath in the head. Stone sunk into his head. Now, wait a minute. God is the kind of God that wants us all to get involved in something that is insurmountable and crazy. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make human sense. It is insane that the God we serve wants us to get involved in something that is insurmountable and crazy. But that's how God bring significance out of our life is by us getting involved in the craziest, the most extreme things that we can find. That's what he wants. That doesn't make human sense. That's crazy. By all intents and purposes, that is the most insane thing in the world, but that's what God wants. And so, I'm telling you, like I'm telling me, if you find yourself in the throes of a battle, that is, it looks like, it feels like you're going to lose. You're already losing and you cannot win. You are in the right place. You are where God wants you to be. Why? Because God is going to take your enemy and make your enemy the bridge to bring you to the next level in your life. Your enemy is going to literally be your footstool, something you can stand on to get to the next level in your life. That problem in your life is going to be the stepping stone to the next level In your life, and so what I'm telling you, please, ma'am, please, sir, don't run from the problem. The greater the problem, the greater the significance that God is going to bring out of your life. Literally, David didn't even have a sword, he had no ability to cut off Goliath's head, but Goliath had a sword. What is that saying to you? That's saying that your problem has everything you need already in it. And when it comes, it's going to have everything you need. And just like Goliath had everything that David needed in order to get the job done, David literally took Goliath's sword and cut off Goliath's head. He solved the problem problem that all of Israel had. One little teenage boy. Why? Because he inserted himself in the greatest problem that he could find. And by inserting himself into that problem, he literally was inserting God in that problem. And God Use David to solve the problem. Could it be that God wants to use you to solve one of the greatest problems that is in your sphere of influence? Don't run from it. Run to it. Because everything you need is already within you. Stop looking outside of you. Everything you need is already within you. And so you got to give God something that he can sink his teeth into, that he wants to do. God wants to do something so vast and so great that people will know that you could not have done it. God wants to get all the glory. That's the reason why we get frustrated is because we ask God for stuff that we can do. God wants you to ask him for things that only he can do. Not so that you can get the praise, but so that God can get the praise. And so it is left up to us to understand the greater the problem, the greater the significance. And so God has called you to greatness. He's called you to tremendous potential. He's called you to wonderful things. And so don't run from your situation and circumstance. Run to it. Because when you win, and you will, you'll be just like David. David was exalted and lifted up by the hand of God from that day forward, and David eventually became king of Israel. I'm here to tell you that God is going to make you the king. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be the queen. You're going to be above only and not beneath. God bless you real good.